Welcome back to another episode of the MT Sports Show. With always is my co-host Tyler, and Tyler joins us not via satellite, but he is in, te- in Texas and been doing this podcast for quite some time now. With Tyler in sort of somewhat of a remote location, doing his best. Today's topics we're going to talk about um, on the top of the dock today is our top five coaches in college football right now. Um, I'm not talking about past or, um, you know, in the next couple of years or just right now. Um, we want to talk about that first. So uh, I'm going to let you go first, Tyler, and give me give me your top five coaches in college football right now. Um, and I don't know what your criteria is versus my criteria, but give me what you feel like is your best coaches. My top five coaches right now in the college game, you obviously got to put Nick Saban up there so what he has done since he's taken over Alabama, making them into a dynasty. And then, uh, obviously, Dabble Sweeney, you know, he's always has Clemson always in the top four. Uh, and then, I hate to say it, but there just comes to a point where you have to realize, you know, greatness somewhat. And then I have Urban Meyer because, you know, everywhere he's gone, he's always produced a high program, you know, college team, if it's from Utah to Florida and now at Ohio State, you know, he's had them always, you know, competing for the championship. And then I have Lincoln Riley on there. You know, I know last year, Oklahoma, they had Baker Mayfield and all that. But, you know, with him being the OC and, you know, taking over a program from Bob Stoops, you know, I feel like he has not lost a step, you know, since he's taken over that program, you know, going into his second year. And then I got – I got Kirby Smart. I know it's his second year, I do believe, at Georgia, but just like Lincoln Riley and all them, he can coach. You know, he obviously has built a foundation coming from Alabama Blueprint on recruiting, coaching, and, you know, having them perform at a high level and, you know, last year competing for a championship. Those are my uh, top five coaches. I like the list. I think it's a pretty well-respected list, um, no matter – what you view from it is if you so you have Urban Meyer in there and some Michigan fans might say, well, it's Urban Meyer and we don't like Ohio State. And if you're a Michigan fan, why would you like Ohio State? But oh, yeah. Urban Meyer, before he came to Ohio State, was doing well. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not saying that's we're, – we're just judging it off what he's done, you know, right now. Yeah. And that's even even before he was good. So even, yeah, Ohio State has been doing good. But – um my my five coaches right now in college football football are I mean it's pretty similar to your list there Tyler um, I got Urban Meyer um, he's he's won a Big Ten championship at least mm-hmm. I think once or twice since he's been at Ohio State he's been won the BCS national championship at Ohio State uh, there um, and that I believe. was with a third string quarterback <laughs> yeah not to mention that um, who do who do you win that with Tyler. Wasn't that with uh, Cardell Jones? Cardell Jones had a third-string quarterback in the Big Ten Championship. Yeah. yeah. So, so um, he's done. That's his. He's he's one of my coaches in there. Uh, I got Dabble Sweeney in there as well. Um, I think he's made what this, this is like. What third, second, third straight uh, football playoff uh, appearance. Mm-hmm. So and that, that's yeah. good. And he's won one. And he's won one. He won one this yep. two years two years ago. Um, so, and Nick Saban, obviously, is 
Yeah, for to leave Nick Saban out of a list that of the top five coaches and active active right now is crazy. It's crazy. Talk. Yeah, that would that would be like if you were that would be kind of like if you maybe you were a slappy Auburn fan. But um, <laughs> you know, I got um, Kirby Smart as well. Um, but I kind of thought maybe like I I might have wanted to leave him out, but the way he recruits at Georgia is I mean yeah. he he comes with a full. The full head of steam at recruits and just um, his mm-hmm. recruiting methods and methods and I, I quote methods and styles are you know a little bit maybe different than what other coaches might do. But um, you know he he's one of my top five coaches because um, even though I said Tyler before this I said active and not future. Right. I think that what he's going to do in the future is going to be good. Um, and my um, my next coach is. Uh, Jimbo Fisher, um, you know, I I think, you know, I know he's not done anything Texas A&M yet, but, right. um, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, he kind of gets a pass, I feel like, um, with all his success at Florida State. Um, and that that's just my opinion on that one, um, you know. And then I have yeah. some, a couple of honorable mentions, actually, uh, because, um, you know, we didn't list Jim Harbaugh in that list. And, uh, you know, uh, that's the kind of a, people might want to listen to this and say, hey, well, why didn't you list him in there? Is, he's not one of your top five coaches in college football right now. Well, I have him as uh, honorable mention along with Lincoln Riley. Um, I, Lincoln Riley was my uh, honorable mention. Um, I kind of flip up with him with uh, him and Jimbo. Um, but I think Lincoln Riley is, he's, he's a young, he's, I think he's the youngest coach in college football right now active, I believe. He is, um, and yeah. So what he's be, what he's able to do with his players, I, I feel like it's great. What he and he he was able to kind of I guess let Baker Mayfield do what he does did best, and he worked with Baker Mayfield the previous season as well. Um, yeah. When he was the OC, so um, that was a perfect fit for him, and he's really set up to succeed at Oklahoma when Bob Stoops would like kind of like almost just left Oklahoma out of nowhere. It was kind of weird, but um, um, the Jim Harbaugh said, Jim Harbaugh, we, we, my, my question was to you uh, earlier, Tyler, um, you know, Jim Harbaugh is not in your top five and, and why, you know, is he a top five coach or is he, is he not? Uh, and why or where not? So. Uh, yeah, he, he, I have one on the honorable mention, along with, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Tom Herman, you know, obviously with me being in Austin. So I know the vibe down here around Texas, and, you know, them having a really good recruiting year with Tom Herman. And then, obviously, you know, Lane Kiffin, what he's doing at FAU. But Jim Harbaugh, it just – we talk about this, you know, like every every episode, and I know this is on every Michigan football fan's mind, you know. He has to win. Um, you know, I know last year – was a down year going eight and five from the previous two years, you know, winning at least 10 games, but, um, you know, going against the rivals, you know, the numbers say itself, you know, you can't beat them. Um, but I mean, he has, he has the criteria to be a top five coach, you know, we could, he mm-hmm. has, he has, you know, from what he's done everywhere he's gone from, you know, coaching Stanford, you know, having them get, 12 wins, you know, you know, being the top of the Pac-12 and then, you know, going to San Francisco, you know, having them in the Super Bowl, you know, from where they were at the bottom. And now, you know, him coming to Michigan, you know, having 
you know, two 10-win seasons. And then, you know, last year, you know, our offense struggled horrendously, you know, going 8-5, and five, you know, with no offensive line or quarterback play and all that. But, you know, he still found a way to, you know, have his players ready and all that, you know, compete game in and game out. But I just feel like in today's coaching and today's era, you know, for you, for them to be in that conversation, you have to win, especially against the rivals. And, you know, when mm-hmm. Michigan hired yeah. Jim Harbaugh, and when Michigan hired Jim Harbaugh, you know, everyone was like, oh, you know, Michigan's going to be competing for the Big Ten championship in like a year or two. And here we are, what, year four? And, you know, we still haven't got a taste of that, you know, that Big Ten mm-hmm. championship. I think the last time the Michigan was – I guess really close to that was Jim Harbaugh's uh, his second season with the 2016 yeah. team. He was, they were they were that that they was were, they were close. He's got yeah. I mean that was probably the closest that fans have seen. And, and I mean it's been a while. And um, mm-hmm. so I, I agree with I agree with you on those all those points you made. Um, and we've we've made those points before, like you said. And yeah. we can't really make those points anymore because they're kind of really already on the table and you it's in front of you and you you know what what they are and you know what you gotta you know eat because they're a lot on your plate if you're jim harbaugh Mm -hmm. but you know and you look at um a list here um college football list of top coaches um this is based off tom fornelli's list um cbs sports and uh this was published here maybe you know last two weeks ago and Jim Harbaugh is ranked 18th on a coaches active coaches right now so I mean and I don't know what your take is on that where he's 18th and most notably Mark Mark D'Antonio's uh 16 uh Big Ten coaches he's the next Big Ten coach ahead of him is 16th right behind him is Paul Chris for uh Wisconsin at 19 so I mean if you like a Paul Chris I mean he's what they've won the Big Ten championship the past two years in the West, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean the West. So, uh, well, I, I understand. I know. I understand the West is easy, and I'm not saying that it's not easy. But I'm saying though, like they they must take that into consideration. Maybe he's, uh, you know, he's not better what, than um, you know, say Bill Snyder at Kansas State. Right. Uh, right. Uh, where did they have uh, James Franklin? James Franklin's at number ten. Number ten, okay. And they have they have uh, Chip Kelly at no, they have Chip Kelly at number nine. Why? He hasn't done anything in UCLA. I guess I guess from his origin time, I mean, I, I can understand that. Yeah, some of those things, Tyler. I feel like they're basing it off of a lot, really, so much success they had. From well, well, that and because that is plays a big effect into it too. Stars do matter, do matter a lot of times, and we talked about that earlier, um, but. You got to talk about, you know, what the hell, like you're you're saying, how much success they had at other programs and stuff like that. Which, you know, if you had well, I mean, a lot of, yeah, if you allowed a lot of success at another program, they're going to be like, well, I mean, you kind of got to put them in up at the top of the list. And I think that's why Jim Harbaugh got a lot of love when he came to Michigan is because one of the reasons why was because he had a lot of success at Stanford and everywhere he went, he won. And I'm not saying he can't win at Michigan. But, oh, no, he can. Um, he can obviously win at Michigan. It, it's yeah. It's just you know, 
He has a, he's he's, got a, he has a talent. Yeah, he definitely has a talent. And I just feel like, um, you know, we got to, they just got to find a way to, you know, produce his talent, you, mm-hmm. you know, to compete, yeah. compete, compete with Ohio State, compete with a Penn State, compete with a Michigan State. You know, we just got to, they just got to find a way to, you know, execute their X's and O's better. Yeah, um, funny enough, uh, 18, 19, 20, and 21 are all four Big Ten teams, Michigan, Wisconsin, Northwest, and Nebraska. But, I can see Scott Frost from, coming from Central Florida. I, I think they're basing it off of, honestly, just the way he is able to recruit and the one the way he did it. He just came off his really good season at uh, Florida, Central Florida. So – I think Jim Harbaugh can win at Michigan, and, and he's got all the talent in his disposal at Michigan. And I don't think there's any reason why he should be losing to Michigan State and and or Penn State. Um, and he should be able to beat Ohio State um, and give fans something that they've they've been wanting to see for a while now. And it's it's something that's been on fans fans' minds. But when you see Mich- Jim Harbaugh at number 18th right now, and on I'm not completely surprised by it, um, but his, 27, his 2017 ranks for coaches was five. So he fell, what, 13 spots in a year. So, I mean, that 8-5 and five record last yeah. year really, really got um, voters and writers uh, put into Jim Harbaugh where they thought he might have been a couple years ago. Um, I think they were wanting Jim Harbaugh to, you know, get a knock down a peg, peg or two. And he has, mm-hmm. um, yeah, he has. but um, he, I don't see any other situation where Michigan doesn't get at least 10 wins this year. Um, but you never know. It's college football. Things happen. It, it just things happen. Um, but I don't think that we should look too much into active coaches right now. But I thought it was a pretty interesting topic for us to talk about. For our first topic, opening up, top five coaches, in college football, um, I think it's a pretty good list. Um, it is. Who knows? That list might change. You, I mean, I don't see the top. I don't see Nick Saban or Urban Meyer or, uh, you know, Davos Sweeney really change unless, you know, they leave to go to other programs. Right. <laughs> um, right. Or the NFL. So, or the NFL. Um, you know, they're going to be hot commodities. Well, definitely. Um you know, hot commodities for sure. And one thing all these coaches really, really have in common, at least Nick Saban, Urban Meyer, uh, Dabble Sweeney, Jimbo Fisher, Kirby Smart, Lincoln Riley, all those guys, Tyler, they have quarterbacks. They have quarterbacks that have been able to form one of the big moments when they won their big games. And that brings us to our next topic, Shea Patterson. I know we talked about him and he's going to be talked about more and more. That's just the way it is. But yeah. my question is, can Shea Patterson win the Heisman next year? Because he was recently, you know, in the voting for Heisman rate rankings next year, preseason Heisman rankings for next year. And oh, my wow. question is, do you think that Shea Patterson, can, does he have a realistic opportunity to win the Heisman next year? Uh, I mean, I believe so. I mean, Honestly, anyone has a realistic chance of winning a Heisman next year, but it just comes down to, you know, him being out a year from football, 
him getting accustomed to a whole new conference in the Big Ten, a whole new playbook. Uh, we don't know how our offensive line is going to be yet. Uh, we don't know what kind of offense Shea is going to run or what we're all going to run. Um, but, I mean, if if our O-line's there and if we're running Rex and O's, then, yeah, he has a good realistic chance of winning a Heisman. But it's going to be tough. I mean, I looked at the favorites next year, and, I mean, you're going against Bryce Love, uh, Jonathan Taylor from mm-hmm. Wisconsin, Tua Tagalola from, you know, mm-hmm. Alabama, uh, Jake Fromm from Georgia, you know, obviously what he showed last year. And, uh, you know, J.K. Dobbins, you know, Ohio State running back. So, uh, I mean, it's going to be tough. But, I mean, if our O-line can sustain blocks and, you know, is getting up field and all that, and if our offense is, you know, putting up numbers, then, yeah, I see him being a, being a Heisman candidate. Hmm. And obviously when Interesting. It's interesting. Uh, I mean, I just I just don't know. I'm not going to buy into it. I'm not going to say, no, no. here, take my money, take my money, you know, kind of thing. Oh, no. uh, not, not yet. Not yet. And so I, not until I see that first game versus Notre Dame. When I see that first game versus Notre Dame and see what oh, happens yeah. in that game, then I might start to say, hey, okay. But usually most fans are, and for their teams, are like, I, I'm, we're, we're ready, you know. If, you're t- if your mm-hmm. team in the, if your your favorite team is in the Power Five conference in college football, any of the teams, usually you're like, you know, an Oklahoma or a a Ohio State or a Florida State or something, something of that nature, you know what I mean? So um, one guy you didn't mention, though, I know you mentioned kind of pretty much everybody that was pretty much going to be in that conversation. Um, it's Kelly Bryant from Clemson. I mean, I know that he, he might be get off. He might not be. He might fly on the radar a little bit, but he's another quarterback. He's another. He's not another quarterback, and that's, uh, um, you know, I mean, yeah, I obviously you know I can put him in there, and then I there's I mean you can look at Jared McSorley too, McSorley, yeah. uh, Jared Stedman, uh, the way Auburn puts up numbers, and then obviously Will Greer or Will Greer, you know, the Florida transfer from West Virginia, you know, he's coming off an injury from last year, but, I mean, he was putting up numbers. So, I mean, it's going to be tough. I mean, I know every every year the Heisman race is tough. It just comes down to, I mean, I'm not quite sure on the whole voting, you know, what goes in the whole whole criteria of, you know, winning and all that. You know, you probably can look at the past mm-hmm. winners and all that. But, I mean, if I if I had to choose, I would obviously pick Bryce Love, you know, win this year. I mean, I actually thought uh, – Saquon should have won this year, but you know they gave it to Baker. So I mean, right, right. So I understand. So I understand. It's it's a uh, it's it's a split hair between those two guys last year. I feel like it was really. I mean, I don't think he could have really gone wrong with either one. Both guys are great, tremendous players at their positions. Um, but well, I mean, next year's Heisman race is you got Will Greer QB, you got mm-hmm. Shea Patterson QB. Caleb Bryant, mm-hmm. QB. You got Jake Fromm, QB. You got Jared Siddham, QB. McSorley, QB. In the top ten, you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven QBs in the top ten for the Heisman race next year. That's a lot of QBs. Yeah. Um, that is so, a lot of QBs. And, and that brings me back to my, my, uh, my talk about when I opened. All those teams, all those coaches have won with great quarterbacks. Now, for Michigan to win big games, I think they're going to have to win with a great quarterback. And 
Um, is Shea Patterson that guy? I don't know. I, I, you know, I can't see into the future. I don't have my crystal ball. That's like, right. <laughs> it's, it's, I don't, it, I don't have, a, well, that'd be cool, right? But we don't have that. And um, right. I think he's, I don't think the Heisman thing, I, I don't think he should get caught up in that. I, I, I just don't like that for him because he's got to get acclimated to a new offense. And mm-hmm. some fans are saying, like, well, yeah, he can do it. He's been there since December and this and that. Well, he's he's been out I mean, for a year, though. Well, he wasn't out for – I think he was out for, like, maybe half well, a year or whatever. Well, yeah, no, I – well, he was at oh, a half a year at Oklahoma Plus, you know, the summer, yeah. and now he's back. So I guess, well, yeah, I know what you – I understand where you're coming from, the, the what you're saying a year thing. And – I've gotten to, you know, conversations or on Twitter about um, this, that Shea Patterson's, well, he's been there for, um, since December, and, you know, that's not, that's kind of a while since he's been from, at Michigan. He's been there for a while. But mm-hmm. at the same time, at the same time, I mean, you know, I think he's going to have to get acclimated pretty quick. I mean, your game first game is not against a slouch team, by no means. I mean Notre Dame. I know Notre Dame kind of loses a lot on the uh, in the secondary. I feel like, and they lose some offensive linemen as well. Um, they lost that uh, what's his name guy for guard that got drafted to the, Quentin Nelson. They lost him, and they lost another offensive lineman. So, I mean, um, I still think Patterson's got to get acclimated to Michigan's offense, or and or they got to acclimate it. To to fit him more so, um, so um, all those all those coaches have won with great quarterbacks, and uh, it'll be remain to be seen if Michigan can win with uh, Shea Patterson. And I think Shea Patterson is a great quarterback, but we'll oh, see yeah. what happens. See it. It, also, if you look at those uh, those programs with great quarterbacks, you know, if you look at their line, mm-hmm. and, you, yeah. and and you know, most of these most of these, you know. You know, quarterbacks that they won. You know, obviously athletic. You know, like Kelly Bryant. You know, he can run. You know, mm. and then Tua Tagovailoa, he can run. Just that's why. I'm, that's why I'm. He can run. That's why I'm. High, that's why I'm high on on Joe Milton. That's just my opinion. But uh, go ahead, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, no, I, no. I agree. And then you know, obviously, like I said, you know, they've had a. They, they're all offensive line. You know, sustained blocks long enough for you know to get the reads in. You know, last year, you know, Michigan's quarterbacks couldn't even get a, a look in without, you know, running for the lives. Yeah, and that's been a problem for a while, too. I mean, mm-hmm. um, and I can – out of all the frustration from, you know, fans and whatnot, I can understand the fr- – that's the most frustration I can understand the most is how is the offensive line from – and not improved and how is it not just great how is it not improved year after year after year how is it not improved and i can understand the frustration from a lot of fans how is it not improved from year after year after year when harbaugh's been there and oh he's gotten his guys that he's wanted to get in there and there was a report that came out that when drevno and fry were there and they were working together I think Drevno ran a zone scheme and uh, and Fry ran a man to man a man scheme. 
so yeah, their schemes were different on the offensive line. So that caused a little bit of just confusion, a lot of confusion, actually. So I don't know if it's vice versa, what I just said, or is the other way around. Um, so that could cause a lot of confusion, too. Um, oh, yeah. And at this point in Jim Harbaugh's tenure, there shouldn't be that much confusion. <laughs> there shouldn't be that confusion like there would uh-huh. be when you for your first year. So um, that's where that's a lot of frustration sense from. And um, that's why there's been inconsistency at the quarterback last year was because the offensive line, you you had Brandon mm-hmm. Peters get injured um, last year. Williams Bay got injured last year as well. Um, yep. So and at the same and at the same time, you know, there's offensive line. You know, is Darren is hearing you know three different voices. You know, with the cadence and all that. So I mean, it was kind of it was kind of tough. What do you mean by that? Like, there's just the the voices that he was well, hearing. Right. You know, every every you know player and quarterback. You know, they had their unique different cadence and count style and all that. And, you know, with Michigan last year, you know, with the injuries piling up, you know, the offensive line, you know, when Spade got injured, you know, old corn came in. So it was a different, different voice, different cadence. And then, you know, obviously, you know, when he was producing, you know, and then you got Brandon Peters coming in, you know, same thing, different voice, different cadence. I just, I just feel that that can cause confusion too. Like you don't know. That's why I don't like the whole two quarterback system. Because it's like mm-hmm. everyone has oh. everyone has their different style when it comes to cadence and all that. Yeah, that was my biggest problem with when, when I was watching the All or Nothing uh, documentary on Amazon, which was really great, interesting stuff, and gave a lot of insight onto what we did did and didn't see last year um, from Michigan as a team as and as a, just a whole, um, and. I thought it was really, really just interesting and frustrating at some times. Uh, like you said, just the quarterback system and just the, who's, the, who's the guy? Who's your guy that's going to play? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. And I think last yep. year, unfor- unfortunately, mm-hmm. no one really knew. No one could really tell who the guy was because of the injuries. But at the same yep. time, that, that should have been established at the beginning of the season. Who's your guy? And if you really thought it was Wilton State, um, then you should have, you know, rode him all the way till. I mean, they did, I guess, essentially ride him till he started to underperform, and then they put John O'Corn in. At, um, and when he, uh, when uh, Wilson State got hurt, so unfortunately injuries ha- injuries happened, and you were they were forced to just put the next quarterback in. But I personally thought Brandon Peters should have started the football season last year. Maybe not against yeah. Notre Dame, not maybe not against Florida, but maybe at the second game and just. But, um, you know, as good as Jim, Har- yeah, as good as Jim Harbaugh is at, um, and Jim Harbaugh is great at knowing what a quarterback looks like and what they need to need to be at the next level. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think that he should have been able to distinguish um, who is better between Will and Spade and Brandon Peters. And right. I think Brandon Peters is better than Will State. But I don't think Jim Harbaugh liked Brandon Peters, his uh, his attitude. His He's not like a fiery guy. He's not loud or anything like that. And he he thought maybe Brandon Peters should have been louder. And 
quite possibly there could have been some things that were going on in practice or whatnot that, right. you know. And I, I think Jim Harbaugh likes to he likes to play the favorite a little bit too much. I That's just my opinion. And he did that with Wilton Spade a lot. And I don't know what, whatever, what he ever saw with Wilton Spade as a quarterback, in my opinion. Uh I think he was just too he was just too inconsistent as a quarterback. He yeah. had some he had some he had a lot of bright spots, especially in 2016, um, and even last year he had some somewhat of some bright spots. Um, but at the same time, I just don't don't think he was the best quarterback that uh, that you could have had. But also, the offensive line you, it doesn't matter what offensive line you have, it it really right. doesn't matter. You could you could put you know Tom Brady back there. Or, you know, you can put Joe, Joe Montana back there, and you got a horrible off the line. Mr. Brady is going to go down. So, yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, that's uh, that's where that stands. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be jumping more into this this conversation as this, as the off season progresses. Our last and final topic today, though, Tyler, is uh, the Odd Sharks. Uh, at least the opening college football win totals. And they have, notably, uh, Michigan at 8.5, and they have MSU at a 7.5 win, and they have Ohio State at a 9.5. Now, give me your over and under for Michigan State. Uh, Man, it's tough. I'm going to say over. Okay. I'm going to go with over from the Michigan State, too. I think they're going to win at least eight games. So I give them the eight yeah. games. That's, all, that's over. But, um, I'll say they're at nine and a half. I'll say yeah. over. <laughs> yeah, I don't see I, I don't, Ohio State I, winning I nine think, games. I, I don't think since Urban Meyer's been there, Ohio State's won nine games. And nine. I don't think this is it. I don't think this is going to be the year, especially with uh, Dobbins back there and then uh, no. their quarterback. <laughs> I mean, I know they lost Barrett, but, I mean, they have a backup that obviously shredded Michigan. So. Yeah, let's not talk about that. But anyways. Anyway. Um, no. <laughs> um, and then just get to our, our last Big Ten team is Michigan. They are listed at eight and a half. Was that over under for you? I'm going to say eight. I'm going to say middle. <laughs> you can't do middle. Yeah, over and under. I'm going to say under, just because I'm giving them eight games. I'm going to go with over on that one, in my opinion. You are? Uh, okay. Yeah. I, I, I got I to I, I gotta see the first game. I got to see the first game. I, I mean, I don't want to – whether they win or lose the first game, I still think they're going to win nine, nine or ten games. But um, – that's because the defense is going to be off their knockers, I feel like. And that defense is yeah, going to be – I don't feel like there's going to be too many weak spots with that defense. Last year, I don't care what people say, there were some weak there were some weak spots to that defense last year. And I don't know if that takes enough count that offense was coming off the field so often <laughs> and the defense is always out there. That may be taken account. But that defense did miss a couple beats. And as amazing yeah, that defense did. was – People people play the slapper and homie card a lot, and I understand, I understand. But at the same time, that defense did lack and lack in uh, making some plays. Well, they saw it in the Ohio State game last year. So 
Um, that defense returns a lot. Um, they yeah. lose what? They lose Mo Hurst, essentially, is what they lose next year on the defense side of the ball. Yep. Um, yep. That's that's going to be able to be uh, replaced by, you know, Brian Monet and Duom, Michael Dwumfor. So uh, my over is for Michigan over on the eight and a half. Um, so I think they win at least nine games. But it's college football. Anything can happen um, in college football. So I'm not – I give them eight just because I'm not, I'm not worried about the defense. I'm just more worried about the yeah. offense. So I, I know our defense uh-huh. is going to make plays and all that, but I want to see what our offense can put up numbers with Shea. Last year we could not even score in the red zone, which could have helped. It would have helped. Probably would have won at least nine games. But, you know, we didn't score in the red zone. Well, I, I didn't. I didn't expect last year. I didn't expect Michigan to go, you know, ten and three. Or I, I didn't. I, I didn't expect. I expected them to win about nine games, and they really, really were about where they were supposed to be last year. Was yeah. was nine nine games. Mm-hmm. It, they they sh- probably should have won the the Outback Bowl versus uh, South Carolina. Should have. Um, no, they should have. <laughs> but. So that's where that would have been their nine wins. So they were about where people would, were expecting them to. And it's funny because, you know, you got a lot of people out there that are like, well, beginning of the season last year, like, well, I predict Michigan to win nine, eight, nine, nine games, ten games. But then they get upset when Michigan only wins eight games, not nine games, and they get upset. They're like, well, this is what I predicted. But they get upset uh-huh. because they're mad. they're mad at their own predictions, which is, uh, you got too many, you got too many ridiculous fans out there, man. I'm telling you what. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, crazy. you get that anywhere you go. Anything, oh yeah, you get that. You got you got fans that are just they don't they. That's why we can't have nice things. Exactly. Never. We can't have nice things. things. <laughs> we can't have nice things because we got we got fans that can't appreciate what, what nothing whatsoever. And maybe some fans are justified because they don't have anything thing nice to uh, you know celebrate or have nice things to begin mm-hmm. with there's we don't there's no big 10 championship in in arbor in the you know past 15 years so there's no you know not college football playoff appearance maybe that's why i think i mean so i uh, i can agree only, but i mean we can lean on the basketball team i mean they got big 10 championships yeah. there you go <laughs> <laughs> our football is coming but in the meantime we got basketball yeah, that's for sure. Um, but so, I think fans should the fans should just kind of settle down a little bit. I, I'm not saying be patient because I think the be patient thing's over with. <laughs> um, but at the same time, you can't yeah. sit there and, and put nine wins on your team to win nine game win win nine games, and then when the season's over, you're like, well, they only won eight games. No, I'm really really I'm upset. Mad. So I'm mad. well. Sure. <laughs> Well, it's just it's kind of it's really redundant and annoying. But anyways, that's uh, that's uh, us for us today of the MT Sports Show that we finished up another episode here. Um, guys, follow us on uh, Twitter at the MT Sports Show and follow me on my handle is um, ML Kowalski17. Um, follow Tyler Rowe on his handle. Uh, my handle is tr. A W W R O W E two four and go ahead and follow us on Facebook at the MT Sports Show page.
Yep. If you guys uh, you guys have Facebook, I'm not sure how many fans on Twitter have Facebook. Um, but you can everybody go got over Facebook. There. What are you talking about? It, it just I don't know how active they are on it, but um, <laughs> if you want to go follow us over there or hit the like button on our Facebook page, feel free to do that. Um, all our episodes are streamed on Anchor, and all our episodes can be listened to on iTunes as well as Google Play. So that wraps up another episode of the MT Sports Show. And as always, I am your co-host. I mean, I'm your host, Mike. Joining me is... And I'm the, the co-host, Tyler. All right. And, and as always, that, go Blue. Go Blue.